0: Uh, good morning church. Good morning. Yeah, it's good to see you guys. Uh, it is uh, a bit awkward for me today uh, because I seldom if ever get invited back to preach anywhere. So it's kind of a, kind of a, I'm just going to take it as a, as a coincidence, but gosh, it's good to see you and good to be with you. And I hear uh, great things about you. I know that Alan Quigley has been preaching for you and he, he thinks he's the closer. He's probably told you that he's the closer. Actually, that's not true. I, I typically follow him and clean up his mess so that the new guy has a good start when he gets here. And speaking of the new guy, uh, you guys have an incredible man coming to be your pastor. Uh, Brother Jonathan, is a, he's a good guy. He's a great pastor. He's an exceptional preacher. He's got a beautiful wife and a great family. Uh, I, I just can't wait uh, to get Jonathan here and uh, hear the reports from First Baptistina, because God is going to use him and he's going to use you in remarkable ways to reach this community in, in this area. I'm convinced of that. And you guys I, I need to be excited about it. And yeah, 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 hoo-hoo. There you go. There you go. So it's, it's going to be good. I think, unless I mess up today, I get to come back in a couple of weeks, uh, and that's right before Jonathan... Uh, uh, starts preaching for you, and that's going to work out really well because your expectations after hearing me in a couple of weeks will be really low for Jonathan, and he'll make them, so it, it's, it's, it's going to be good. We're going to be in the book of Psalms this morning, the 119th Psalm. Uh, it'll start out as a very familiar psalm to you because the first verse that we're going to read in the 119th Psalm is is, is verse 105. And many of you can just quote that from heart, and you've been doing that a long time. Uh, but we're going we're to kind of take a little different look at that for you today and see if if we can't find something in the Word of God to be an encouragement to you and to be a challenge to you and, and to be uh, transformative for you. Uh, so let's pray together, and then we'll get to the Scripture, all right? Father God, it is a great uh, opportunity and a great privilege to be back among your people here that we know as First Baptistina. Uh, God, you know that these folks hold a special place in my heart and uh, in my life. I'm grateful for the investment that they made in me, uh, how they helped me uh, to be better, uh, how they helped me to serve better. God, thank you for their willingness to have invested in me in such incredible ways. Uh, God, it is indeed an honor to be back among these people today and to spend this morning, this, this part of the Lord's Day with them. God, I, I, I am excited that you have prepared Jonathan to come and be the pastor of this great church. And Father, I, I believe with all my heart, with every inch of my spirit, God, that, that Jonathan is the man for this place and it's the time for this place. And that God, as he gets here to lead and these people gather to follow, that you're, you're, you're going to use this church to do great things in this part of our world. God, I, I look forward to hearing those reports and rejoicing uh, over the good news that's going to come as Jonathan comes and preaches the gospel and leads this church to, to reach people that are far, far from you. Father, help me today as, as I get into your word. God, help me to know that, that it is your word and it is really your spirit that, that does anything of any value. And God, somehow, sometime you pick out a guy and kind of speak through him, but Father, Uh, we know it's your spirit moving among us and speaking into us and changing us and transforming us and saving us and preparing us for the days ahead. So Father, we invite your Holy Spirit to be in this room this day in a powerful, tangible way. And that God, as we get into your word, that we will know that it is your word that has been preserved for us, that it is without error, that it is without fault. Uh, God, that it is... um, It is your word perfectly preserved for this day in the midst of our lives. Help us to receive it that way. In the blessed name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. And all the Lord's people said, amen. 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 Psalm 119. I hope you found it. Did you find it? Yeah, that's about four of you. We'll pick it up in 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet. And a light to my path. You know that verse, don't you? Many of you know that verse. You have it memorized. But for some reason, for some reason, we tend to pull that verse kind of out of that psalm and we carry that one around with us, but we forget the context. And so today, as much as we want to talk about verse 105, and we will, we also want to talk about the verses that follow and the truth that just jumps off of the page of God's word as we think about this statement, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Look in verse 106. I have sworn an oath and confirmed it to keep your righteous rules. I am severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept my free will offerings of praise, O Lord, and teach me your rules. I hold my life in my hand continually, but I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, but I I do not stray from your precepts. Your testimonies are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever, even to the end. Now, I would suggest to you this morning that this passage of Scripture that we just read is really interesting. And again we want to focus on that verse that we know and we will but I want you to broaden it out a little bit and 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 think about the rest of what we read because in that section of one of, of the 119th psalm what I find is I look at that and I study that is that really what we see in those verses is a journey these verses are actually about a journey Look with me, I hope you kept your Bible open, look with me in verse 106. Because there we find that it is a journey based upon a strong commitment. A strong commitment and at the end of the day, friend, neither you nor me nor anyone else will ever go on a a journey with the Lord Jesus Christ without a strong commitment. It takes a commitment on our part. Jesus has already committed to us, but we have to commit to him. And we have to commit to the steps that he's leading us in to go on this journey. So, verse 106 helps us understand that this journey is based upon a strong commitment. And here's what I know about strong commitments they will eventually lead to significant challenges. You ever thought about that? You make a strong commitment. You start on that journey. You start down that road. And eventually, you're going to run into some stuff that you weren't prepared to run into. There's going to be some challenges that will rise up in front of you and around you that you were not anticipating. And that's part of what we see here with these significant challenges. We actually see those alluded to in verse 107. Did you see it? Where these challenges are a part of the commitment that we make to follow the Word of God. You say, "Well, well, Joe, if there are going to be great challenges, I'm not sure that I want to make the commitment. I understand that, but friend, listen, you're never going to move from where you are to where the Lord wants you without that commitment, and you're never going to move from where you are to where the Lord wants you to be without going through some of the challenges that are going to be a part of your life. You say, well, Joe, how do we survive the challenges? How do we navigate around the challenges? Boy, that is a great question. I forgot how good of questions you guys asked since, since I have been gone. That, that, that's a great question. How, how do we survive the challenges of life? Well, look in verse 108. Here's a really cool statement for you. One of the ways that we survive the challenges of life, you remember the challenges come from the commitment? The challenges come. How do we get through those? How do we survive those? How do we manage those? Look at, look at what it says. This is, so, this is so good. Look in verse 108. The way, the way you survive the challenges of life is that you engage in worship. In worship. Now, you've got you to attach verse 110 to this or you'll miss it. Here's what I want you to understand. Engaging in worship does not take away the challenges. Engaging in worship changes your perspective of the challenges. Y'all can aim in that if you want to. Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't want to. Are you following me? You tracking with me? You see, what we, what we want is when we come into a place like this and we sing our praises and we praise God, we, we want all the problems to go away. Listen, if you've been a Christ follower for any length of time, you know that's not true, right? Sometimes we come in here in a sanctuary and we can, we can escape the challenges for a little bit, but we know good and well we're going to step out of this building sometime today and we're going to run head, headlong into those challenges that we were struggling with before we ever worship. But here's what I know about worship. Worship doesn't negate the challenges. Worship doesn't take the challenges away. But what worship does is it gives you a different perspective of the challenge. You see it from a different view. You see it in the long view. You see it as a purposeful thing in your life that that, that helps you become more of what the Lord has always wanted you to be a part of. Worship changes your perspective. Look in verse 111 and verses 112 because we see one of the benefits of these challenges. One of the reasons that we don't want to to miss the challenges in verses 111 and 112, you see it. Those challenges actually bring us closer to God. And I would suggest to you that if it weren't for those challenges drawing us closer to God, that we might not draw closer to it see, I think we'd, we'd figure out, we got this. I got it. This ain't no problem. There ain't no step for stepper. I can manage this by myself. I don't need help. I got it. None of y'all have ever said anything like that, have you? Yeah. But you think about this. The challenges that come, one of the benefits, one of the purposes of those challenges is that we draw closer to God. That we move closer. Closer to him because there's a point, it's some aspect of our lives. We have to come to the grips with, to, to grips with the fact that, that at the end of the day, we, we can't manage this on our own. It, it takes someone bigger and stronger and better than we are to get us through. Now here's, here's the reality. Here's the reality. Every one of us are on that journey somewhere every one of us are in one of those steps that we just looked at in those verses. The, 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 problem, the problem with the journey that Psalm 119 teaches us about is there are about as many bad things on the journey as there are good things. There are about as many difficult things as there are beneficial things. So the question is, how do you navigate the journey? How, how do you get through it with the least amount of damage? How do you get down the road with the least amount of harm? How do you go on this journey with the least amount of hurt? That should be the question. Well, I think the answer is found in verse 105. Look, look at where it starts with two words. Verse 105, the beginning of the explanation of the journey begins with these two words, your word. You see, the key to navigating the journey is the word of God. Now, before you think that I'm, I'm reaching too far for this, or before you think I, I've just got some platitudes that I wanted to share with you, make you feel better today. Listen, I, I, didn't, I didn't bring platitudes with me. I, I, I forgot. But but notice, notice before you think that I'm reaching too far, that, that, that every one of the verses in this passage that we just read this morning, you've got to look at this. Every one of the verses in the passage that we just read this morning has at least one synonym for God's word in it. One of the verses will talk about the righteous rules or the righteous laws. It'll talk about your word, your rules or laws, your law, your precepts, your testimonies, your statutes or decrees. In other words, God's word is available for every aspect of the journey. For every aspect of the journey, for every step of the journey, God's word is applicable. God's word is is, is there, available for you in every step. Now, verse 105 shows us how it works. Here it comes. It is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. Now, if we're not careful when we read about a lamp or a light, we tend to put it in today's standards and one of those spotlights that's got like 40 million candle power in it, right? You turn it on, it burns a hole in the door of your pickup. It, 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 you know, the kind of lights I'm talking about, right? The, the, see, if we're not careful, we think when, it, when, the, when the scripture talks about this lamp or this light, that it's one of those, it's like this laser beam or it's like this beacon that the jet airliners can, can, find, can find the runway with. That's, that's what we think. And, 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 and that's, that's really interesting. But at the end of the day, that's not what this verse is talking about. This lamp is just a little, little small olive oil lamp. The, the, this light is flamed by nothing more than, than this, this olive oil. In fact, the, the best way to think about it is, is it may be maybe a, a one candle power or a two candle power, but, 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 but it's not anything more. And the reality is it's only bright enough for us to see our feet <laughs> in the next step or two. So we we got the light, which is the word, right? You see it. It's going to be a light to our feet, a, a lamp, to, a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. Well, the problem is, it's not showing us very much of the path. It's just kind of showing us the next step, or or maybe two ahead of us. So the way this thing works with the word of God in us and in our hands and we, we read it and, and there it is to take the next, we take, it gives us enough light to take this step and then we go, well what, what do I do now? Well, the word of God says take this step, right? What do I do now? The word of God says take this step and the word of God is illuminating just enough, just enough for you to see the next step or two. And the challenge, the challenge to the journey of life is just to keep moving forward in the light that you have. And I know that frustrates some of you because some of you want the whole journey illuminated before you start, right? Okay, Lord, I'll go with you, but you got to show me the whole thing. You've got to show me every step of the way, God, or I'm not going to go. Many of us are kind of wired up that way. We, we not only want to know what's right here, but we want to know what's way out there. And we don't only want to know what's way out there, we want to know what's around the bend. we got, we, we, got to, we got to have some information before we go on this journey. We've got, we, we got to know where it's going and, and how we're going to get there. We want to know what's coming our way. And you know what God says in response to that? Here, take this step. And when you take this step, there's going to be enough light for you to take the next step. And when you take that step, There's going to be enough light to take the next step. That is a journey of faith, is it not? That is a journey of commitment, of believing that the Lord knows what's best, that he knows where I am and he knows where I'm I'm heading and he knows what step needs to happen next. So think about this with me. What if those synonyms for God's word in verses 106 through 112, what if they... What if they were like the bumpers that they use? I started to call it a bowling alley, but I think that's an old term and, and, and I'm dated, but the bowling center. <laughs> Y'all have a bowling center in Enid? We do have? Yeah, I'm sure we do, yeah. Yeah, we we'll go to the bowling center um, and they put the bumpers down in the gutters. You know what I'm talking about? And the bumpers are really cool. Because the kids can go and they got this little metal ramp thing that they put the ball on for the little ones, right? And the little kid shoves the ball off the ramp. Down it goes goes the lane and it starts to kind of veer off, you notice? But when it hits the bumper, what happens? It corrects it, doesn't it? It Kind of throws it back the other way. And you could bounce off the bumpers a bunch of times but those bumpers are going to help that ball get to the target. They're going to help that ball finish that journey in the way that it's supposed to finish that journey. It's a, great, it's a great thing. It's an amazing invention. Because if the ball starts toward what would be a gutter, there's a bumper in the way. Boom, it, hits, it comes over here. Or it comes over here. Boom, it comes back over here. Are y'all taking notes? Because I'm teaching you about bowling this morning. It's crazy, isn't it? All right. Now stay with me. Now for those bumpers to work, <laughs> this, this is going to be like an aha moment for you. For those bumpers to work, they actually have to be put in the gutters, because the bumpers are always there, but somehow they're hidden. I don't know how; it's magic. They're kind of hidden somewhere out of the way, and you got the gutters, and then they bring out, and the gutters just kind of magically appear. There they are. Now the gutters, when they're hidden, they don't help you a bit. We still got gutters. We could be we could be glad that we got gutters. We should be happy that we have gutters, uh, bumpers. We should be thrilled that there are bumpers, but they're not going to help us if they're up out of the way. We've got to put them in the right place, right? We put the bumpers in the right place, then then we don't get off in the gutter. Listen, it's the same way with the Word of God. We, We can be thrilled that we have the Word of God. We can be excited that God has given us His Word. We can be thrilled and happy And encourage that we have God's word. But the reality is, if you don't put the word in place, it's not going to do what it's intended to do. It's not going to straighten up your path. If you don't put the bumpers in, the, in, in place, you're going to get the bowling ball off in the gutter, for goodness sake. And then you're going to turn around and be all embarrassed and angry and upset and blame the ball or something. You See, we got, we, we, we've got the Word of God in our hands. You guys have the Word of God in your hands, but until you put it in place, it really doesn't help you. You can carry it around with you until you wear the cover off the thing, but until you open it and read it and begin to put it in its proper place, it is not going to make a difference in your life. Now, the problem the, the problem with bowling and the bumpers is that most of us think that we're too big or too old or too good or too prideful to put the bumpers in. It's the reason we take little kids with us when we go bowling. It just, it, 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 We've got to have the bumpers for the kids. But if we don't have any kids, we're not going to put the bumpers down. People will make fun of us. They'll point at us. we well, you got to put the bumpers down, right? So I forget where I was going with that. It's a great illustration. <laughs> Anybody know where I was going with that? Nobody knows. Nobody. You're thinking about bowling, aren't you? Yeah. So, so, so here's the thing. We carry the Word of God around with us. And the reality is, sometimes we think we're too big, too good, too smart, too experienced. We don't need that. We know how to, we know how to face this next challenge. We know, we know what to do. We know what to do next. It's not it's not my first rodeo. I got this, right? So what I'm telling you. Just God bless you for having a copy of God's Word, whether you have a paper edition like I have or you got it digitally on your phone or on your, on your smartphone. Good for you, but friend, if you don't ever open the thing, if you don't ever read the thing, if you don't ever begin to apply the thing, it's not going to help you. We, we need to be wearing the pages out before we wear the cover off. We need to be filling in the margins with truth that God has spoken into our lives to the point that we've got to go get another one because we don't have any room for anything else. Because at the end of the day, if you're not reading it and you're not applying it and you're not using it, it's not going to keep you out of the gutters. We have got to put it to you. Church, I know you've been on an, on, a, on an interesting journey and you gave me the privilege of going along with you. and part of it. But this morning, what, what, would you, uh, what would you say if I challenged you? What, what if you trusted the word of God for your next step? What, what, if, you, what if you trusted God's word to inform you and to move you in the next steps. See, I got to believe that if you're brave enough to do that, that that there are going to be some challenges that you're going to face as a church, even with your new pastor. But if we're allowing the word of God to, to illuminate the next step, not the whole journey, the next step, I wonder wonder what the journey would look like in a year. What, what, what What if we allowed the word of God to dictate our direction because our direction always dictates our destination? What if we just made a decision today that in spite of all the wisdom and knowledge that is present in this church. What we're going to do is allow the word of God to show us the next step. Church, what, what, what would have happened if when Brother Jonathan gets here, you took your little lamp and you went to Brother Jonathan and you said, hey pastor, i got my lamp full of oil. I want to go with you. Let's let's walk. Let's walk together. I'll keep my my lamp lit. You keep your lamp lit. Let's move move on this journey together. Hey, pastor. I'm with you. I know God's going to direct your your path. He's going to direct your steps, pastor. I'm with you. I'm going to go with you. I got my lamp. Let's go. Because you see, at some point, if enough of you put your lamps together with your new pastor, there's going to be a light shining out of First Baptist Eden like there ain't ever been a light shining out of First Baptist Eden. There'll be a glow about this place that will separate it from every other place in this fine community. But that happens as you pull everything together and you say to pastor, hey, pastor, you take, you take that step and I'm right with you. You take that next step, Pastor. I'm right with you. Pastor, you take that third step. I'm right there with you. Now, you want to assume that he knows that you will be. Don't assume that. Tell him. Tell him. Make sure he hears that from you. Pastor, I'm with you. You take that next step that the Lord tells you to take. I'm going to take it with you. I'm going to go on this journey with you. Pastor, there are going to be some challenges, but we're going to worship. And we're going to change our perspective on those challenges. Let's go, Pastor. Husbands, what if you trusted the Word of God to show you the next steps for your marriage? for raising kids, kids. What if by faith you said, okay, Lord, show me the next step. I'm gonna lead my family that direction. And friend, what if you trusted the word of God to show you the path that you should be on and trust that it will lead you to the right direction, to the right destination? What if you by faith trusted God's word to be true and accurate, leading you step by step through the journey? what what if what if you just said to God this morning God I trust you I trust your word you graduates are starting a new part of your journey aren't you and a little bit of that's exciting and part of it's just scary as all get out right because you're going to take some steps you ain't been taking what if you said Lord you show me the next step that's what I'm going to do I'm going to take that one show me the next one I'll take that one Lord I'm going to go on this journey that you got for me because I trust you that's what I came to tell you today that's what I'm going to challenge you with You know the crazy thing about the word of God illuminating your way? <laughs> is what Jesus said in the book of John. I am the way and the truth and the life. You see, the way that God illuminates for you is Jesus. Every time, he's Jesus. So you're taking those steps. And Jesus is right there in front of you. Even when you're in the valley of the shadow of death, he's right there with you. Even when you're rejoicing because of how cool things are, he's right there with you. Even though you're not sure where the next step is going to take you, he's right there with you. Rejoice in that, church. Rejoice in it. You bow ahead and close your eyes, will you? It is a great and glorious day, an exceptional day to be in the house of the Lord. If there's never been a moment in your life where you asked Jesus to save you, then today I encourage you to do that. Because here's the deal. There's really only two directions for the journey. One of them takes you closer to God. The other one takes you further away. So if you're not moving closer to God, you're moving away from Him. And there's only one way to move closer to Him, and that's through Jesus. It's the only way. So if you've never asked Him to save you, you should do that. In fact, the Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, and you shall be saved. So if you've never been saved, we would invite you today to trust Jesus and to start down that way. I know that most of you have already done that, and we praise God for that. What I'm going to challenge the rest of you to do this morning is uh, either where you sit or maybe you want to just come to the front. And just renew the commitment to the Lord to take the next steps that he he reveals to you. And to come once more and pray for your pastor, for Brother Jonathan and his family as they make this transition, as they come to help you see the next steps that you're gonna take. We'd love to visit with you. We'd love to pray for you, to pray over you, to lay hands on you. You come, will you, as we take a few minutes and just worship.